0: This call is being recorded. Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, can you tell everybody that's listening a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, Doug. Uh, so my name is Tom Monahan. I'm a Libra, and uh, I'm also the postmaster and director of email engineering at a company called HubSpot in uh, Cambridge, Mass.
0: A company called HubSpot. I, um, I yeah. like that. So, you may not a, we haven't really done that much. Uh, postmaster of email. You guys don't have too many emails coming from the HubSpot portal. Yeah. Do you? We, we,
1: we maybe kind of watch you know, somewhere around many hundreds of millions of messages go out like, on a monthly basis. But, you know, a little bit.
0: <laughs> All right. So let, 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 let's get into what the uh, audience probably really cares about. If if you peruse the Internet and you listen to some people, I have heard them say things like email is dead. Tom, you would know, is email dead?
1: So I think if it were, I wouldn't have 3,795 unread messages in my inbox. Uh, But, you know, every indication I see from the ground is is no. And uh, I would even go as far as to say that uh, it is kicking harder, maybe than it has ever before. Um, at least, you know, based on the, the customers I talk to and, and the the data internally that I see, um, man, it's just not going anywhere quite yet. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people uh, talking about it and a lot of people trying to push other communication channels, um, but I just don't see I don't see really the conversion um, or the acceptance of anything else yet. I mean, maybe something will come along. You know later but certainly
0: not right now yeah i always tell people when i hear that uh, email's not dead crappy email is on its way to death but
1: oh man if, if we could just if we could you know like kevorkian that a little bit and uh help crappy email kind of down that path that'd be great um unfortunately it's not totally dead yet so you know we're trying can
0: can i steal that can i can I talk about kevorkian crappy email <laughs> um, <it's>, uh, kevorkian.
1: <laughs> you can have it i one's not yours
0: we're gonna turn Kevorkian into a verb okay, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so you know email has obviously changed a great deal um, over the last decade For, from your perspective on the front lines what do you see as the big changes that have occurred and, and and the implications of those changes in email and email marketing specifically
1: yeah sure sure so I think in the last 10 years you know, I didn't have kids ten years ago. I can barely remember that. Um, but I think in the last ten years, uh, the biggest changes we've seen. Uh, the first one's probably segmentation, uh, meaning that you know, finally the dream of being able to uh, kind of understand your lists and understand the behavior of your lists. Uh, it's finally sort of become a reality. Um, so you can, you know, not. Batch and blast, so to speak, you know ten years ago, everyone sent every message to every member of their list right and that was uh, that was a pretty dark time um, with a lot of kind of really not great email and and the other thing I would say uh, is is really you know personalization it, it kind of feels like like we're beating a dead horse with personalization, but you know when you think about it, it really didn't exist ten years ago um, and it is it's even it's something now that I, I don't think people are doing an especially great job with. Um I think the people who do well really do it well. Um but that's probably been the like the second biggest change. So segmentation and then personalization. And they're really tied together, obviously. Um but personalization so you can you know, hopefully tell me something that has to do with Tom and something that has to do with what Tom is into and something that has to do with why I want to hear from you. Um, I think that's been probably the biggest thing. And I I think there's tremendous areas of continued growth to happen there. Um, And there's a lot of people who don't do a great job at it yet, uh, but at least now the kind of the tools have have caught up. So, yeah, I I think those are probably the two biggies uh, in the last 10 years. I mean, obviously, like, hey, well... Let me, let me throw up one more just for fun um, obviously mobile didn't really exist you know ten years ago it was just coming on the scene um, there was a whole bunch of us running around with blackberries uh, and then the iPhone came around like those are obviously just giant giant shifts um, so I think those three are just the ones that I that I look at that I'm like wow I, I just you know, I look at it today, and I can't imagine the world before it. It's really
0: dark. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious if you. I'm curious if you agree with me on this because I talk to people a little bit about it. And I segmentation, personalization. I'm a baseball guy. I, I, I see. I feel like we're in like the third inning of that. In that we're be. The technology has caught up so that we can now move beyond what I like to call gratuitous personalization. You know, sure. hi, insert first name, insert company. To, to truly it being personalized. And, and now it's really beginning to figure out, you know, the strategy now has to catch up to what the capability is. Would you agree with that?
1: I, you know, I'd agree 100%. Um, it, it's funny, we we spent a bunch of time digging into some data around, around personalization uh, this summer. And it's now data that we run on a monthly basis uh, for sort of internal thinking and, and use. Um, and And one of them had to do with, The types of personalization and how well they do, and um, and the amazing thing was that company name actually, uh, based on our data, uh, negatively impacted engagement. So you know, for a while, it it was like a big deal to prove, like you know, uh, hey Tom, how's HubSpot? And it was like, ah, you know, like would you ever say that to anyone in real life? I mean, would you do? Do you feel the need in real life to just throw out the company name like that? I mean, sure, there are times when it actually works, but in most cases now it really doesn't. So that sort of gratuitous personalization that was sort of like kind of proving that you can do it and proving that you knew maybe a little bit more about the person other than just their first name or their email address, um, I'm happy to see hopefully that in our rear view, right? Because I I just don't, you know, there's no, there's just not a lot of value um, in that level of, I think just shown off um and it's and it's proven like I look at the data the the data tells me that you know if I throw around company name all willy nilly uh for most you know that our customers sent out, it really doesn't it doesn't help, and in many cases it hurts, so I mean, I think that yeah, like thinking about it like the third inning, I think that's perfect, right, because you know like the game started. And we were kind of filling each other out. No one really knew, you know, no one knew who could hit, no one knew anything, right? We were just trying to get the email into the inbox, um, which is hard enough as it is. Um, now we kind of we're starting to understand, right? We're starting to look at other bits of data that aren't really email related. And we're starting to see how people engage with blogs, you know, how people engage with uh, with certain content, landing pages, forms, all these things. Um, we're starting to understand ways to better communicate around around things that actually move the conversation. See like knowing my company doesn't help any conversation except for for that person on the far end who kind of is trying to sell you something, right? It just never feels genuine. so i I feel like now where the tools are catching up and and really the sophistication of the users um, are catching up to the point where they're you know they're ready. Kind of go a bit deeper um, and have personalization that actually feels natural and feels custom and feels helpful to the conversation. Because it really is a conversation, right? Even though you're, you may be blasting out a whole bunch of email at one time. Every one of those inboxes, I'm hoping to start a conversation with. I want that person to to consume my content, to trust me, to learn from me, and I want to, you know, have. Them have a reason to want to give me another shot next time and open that email next time. So I, th- I think you're, I think you're dead on with the with the third inning part and and this is <laughs> the way this game's going. It's looking like it's going to go to extra innings anyway. So we have a lot to learn.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> great, great point there too. I hope everyone caught it's. I, I'm going to call it the real person test before you send out that email, whether it's one to one or you know, a, a marketing automated email, take a look at it and ask yourself, does it sound like a real person is, is having that conversation? Uh, L- let me ask you the no. question. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. And, sorry, just, like this is just like you touched a nerve with me too. <laughs> uh, the other the other thing on top of that, right, is, is does it sound like a real person? And does it, you know, be, like does your subject sound like, you know, it would be, coming out of the mouth of a talking head on your like news channel of choice or (laughs) maybe the opposing news channel of your non-choice right does it sound not genuine right anyone ever say no out right right anyway yeah so sorry sorry to interrupt
0: no problem great stuff that's why i wanted you on this is the question that i wanted to ask you when when you said you'd be on. this is the big one i want to know because you've seen it what what are the dumbest and most damaging mistakes you see mid-sized companies make repeatedly with email marketing?
1: Uh, you know, there's there's certainly the kind of bad personalization trap that folks have ended up with up in where they've sent out that email and they haven't had the tokens right or something. You know, I mean, mistakes happen. Or they send it out to a list that they don't have first names for and it has something really bad as their default. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, like dear user, uh, we've I've seen worse that it's just like oh and they, they 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 call in they ask for help and they're like what do I do um, or they tweet at me or whatever and I'm like hell you know that horse is out of the barn
0: that's so right there's, there's,
1: there's nothing we can do about that one we can we can fix sort of what went wrong to begin with but the personalization one uh, that certainly catches people um, I think also like the other one that is sort of most common. It just gets me to kind of slap my forehead and just look down and just feel really not helpful. It's when, it's when folks just stop forgetting that there's an actual person inbox they there, like dropping this message in, right? When they stop thinking, you know, there's some person at work who's getting bombarded with emails, right? And they just forget but it's an actual person, and they think about that person as just a number, as just a vanity metric. You know, I, you know, our list is going to 10,000. I send my newsletter to 10,000 people. That's a lot of people. Uh, but they just forget, and then they only think about themselves, or they only think about, you know, the fact that it's Friday at three in the afternoon, and they really didn't do much this week except for like play Candy Crush or Sudoku or something and they're like, oh, i got to get this out the door, and they don't really care about the email. They forget just how dangerous a bad email can be. Um, it is always better. I mean, we've done a great job forgetting this, but I think it's always better to say nothing unless you have something really good to say um, and to treat people's inboxes with just crazy amounts of respect right now because it's really, really easy for someone to get over you. Yeah, and to unsubscribe or mark you as spam or just kind of not care. So I, th- I think the, there's certainly like some personalization traps I've watched people fall into, um, and I and I see it with with other folks who are hitting me up when I'm like, oh gosh, that's just I feel I feel terrible for them because I know some poor marketer is like kicking themselves as soon as they realize what went out the door. Uh, but the other one is really just the uh, man. It's just better to not send an email unless you've got something of value. Unless, unless, you know, if you wouldn't be happy getting that email, wow, don't send it. Just don't. So So that that one hurts.
0: So my grandma's advice uh, to me when I was young applies, better to stay quiet and let people think you're a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt?
1: (laughs) Your grandma? I'll tell you. So that is awesome. (laughs) She is so right. Like, don't. (laughs) Just don't give them that proof uh, unless you have
0: some real great stuff to show them. So one of the things I know about you when I when I met you the first time up in uh, up in Cambridge and, and in your role, I certainly understand this. But obviously, you know it's important that email, you know, the recipient has to be involved in it, right? I mean, the, the idea of just sure. sending things cold to people who didn't ask for it and spamming them um, is clearly a mistake. And and yeah. with email. With email being such an intricate part of inbound marketing, I know that one of the common complaints about inbound is the time it takes to get that opt-in, the time it takes to get that approval, which is so important. What can marketers and executives of growth businesses do, specifically as it relates to email, to be able to accelerate those results, to be able to grow that list without violating those important principles
1: Sure so you know the, the biggest one is uh, is sweat your sources right um, and that could be your own you know one of your sources could be your own blog right Obviously if you're really if you're investing in inbound and you get it, you're creating some content or you're trying to and you you know I think the biggest thing is to start uh, like now yesterday last week last year, Understand that you know you're not going to be able to push out as much content as, say, HubSpot's marketing department um, or some other big companies. But it is just it's just the cadence that is required, and it's every time every time you provide something of value, ask for something in return, and that thing you're asking for in return is like is hey, can we let you know the next time we update our blog? Hey, can we let you know the next time we make a product announcement or something else? Right. You know, whatever it is that, that you're trying to build um, just ask. you won't get a lot of people saying yes at first right some people have to see it five 10 20 times before they actually will throw their address in there you really have to prove that you're bringing some value to the table um, it, it's, it's hard you know there's no I guess I certainly talk to a lot of people who will say things along the lines of uh, you know, oh, I, you know, we bought this list. We've never bought a list before, but it's just, we're just trying to jumpstart things. And I'm like, wow, you're just jumpstarting all the things wrong, man. <laughs> because, off by, you know, let's say this is the most perfect purchase list on earth. Everybody is a potential customer. They all like what you have to say. You're still, like, they know that you don't have a relationship with them yet. And you've now started off I'm like, all the wrong foot, all the wrong feet, both feet are wrong, everything's wrong. Um, So you know I I mean the hard part is is it just takes time. You can, you know, you shouldn't uh, ignore other ways to get traffic. You shouldn't ignore, you know, commenting on other people's blogs. You shouldn't ignore um, trying things like promoting things on LinkedIn, um, or buying some AdWords. Um, you know, these things can all help, but they still leave the decision and the choice of the reader, kind of consumer there. And that's I think the key is to not try to short circuit that. Uh and it is hard. You you know, everyone who's guaranteeing like I can get your list to ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand in, you know, the next ten days, um, they're selling snake oil, right? Because there's just no way to find ten thousand people that are all that into you that fast. Um, but uh, the way to get people who are really into you is kind of grinded out in the beginning. Um, so basic stuff, ask for that address. Ask for people to let you email them, right? That's the other thing too. Is that it, it just has to be in a form of question. It has to be respectful, in my opinion. Uh, so be respectful for people. Um, try other methods. Try promoting yourself on LinkedIn. Try tweeting out when you do updates. Um, pay very close attention to your hashtags. You um, can also try Instagram. I know some businesses that it does incredibly well for, it, generally people selling things that they can show pictures of. Um, definitely try Instagram uh, and just be consistent across all of those different channels. Uh, it's, it's not instantaneous. It's like a slow start, right? Um, but the payoff is just huge. I mean, we all know that. Like, the payoff just works, but you just, you gotta do the work initially. Um, and I'm, and you know that first time you launch that blog, that first time you send out that blog update, it might only be people within your four walls and right. your mom. Okay, right? Because you need to build up the muscle memory to send out those updates, to have that cadence in creating content, and just uh, and doing the things that will show someone who does happen to find you that you're not a one trick pony, that you've been writing about this stuff for a while, that you're not new to the scene. Even if you kind of are new to the scene, but you have to show them that they should pay attention to you because you are committed to giving them the content, to helping them learn, and to hopefully helping them do better in their business. So then you can actually get to the point that they'll convert and they'll care about you and they'll, you know, invite you in their inbox. It's a little bit slow, but so, so worth it.
0: So I want to ask you your opinion on something, and I want to make sure I have time for one more question because I, I know you're you're sure. tight on time. Yeah you know when when i talk to people about email marketing i'm reminded of a lot of conversations i used to have when i was talking with people about building out their sales organization and i would oftentimes advise them that they're paying so much attention on new sales that they're forgetting to watch their back door and and so the first thing to accelerate your sales is make sure you're you're keeping what you have how that relates to, to the email question is is twofold one is i see a mistake people make all the time is that the emails are all about me the seller And they have to be about you, the person I'm communicating with. And and then I want your opinion. I hear people say I've got a list of 5,000. I've got a list of 10,000. And I always say, uh, you know, unless you're an exception, that doesn't make sense to me because I'd much rather have 20 lists of 200 people than one list of 4,000 people. And and so if I keep that segmentation and I make it about them, that's going to accelerate my results too. Just want to get your opinion on that.
1: Sure. I, you know, I agree. Um, you should be trying to look at those, essentially those personas, right? You're trying to maybe segment on your personas. You should be looking at those people because you're trying to put people in a bucket where you're getting close enough to hitting the nail on the head with what they're interested in. And that's hard. And you can't certainly do that with 5,000 people in one list, if that's your whole list, unless you're giving away like $100 bills, right? That'll work. That way right. you'll nail all five. But everything else is going to be hard. Um you know, I think the other, the other part of that is paying close attention to the, the health of that list. The health, like, how much are, are the people engaging anymore? Are you losing them? Who are you losing? Um, trying to figure out why you're losing them. Um, if they're not opening anymore. Uh, if they're not clicking anymore. Um, if they're not replying anymore. And that's the thing, you know, I, I toss that one out pretty frequently. You know, opens are great clicks are better, replies trump them all. Um, if you want to look good in someone's inbox, have them actually reply to you and start a conversation. Don't send from no reply. Send from a real person's address. Yeah, you'll get a bunch of stuff in your inbox. Don't worry about it. You want to talk to these people. You're trying to get them to give you money. Like, give them an opportunity to talk to you first. Get them to reply. Um, yeah, I, I think you're dead on. It's, um, that is a, uh, you know, but the, the reality is it's harder. Right. If you're not just trying to come up with a general thing for 5,000 people, but you're trying to come up with a bunch of sort of segmented small personas, like that's harder to create content. That's uh, harder to judge engagement. Um, but it's also they just do better, right? They just do better. Um, so I, I I think you're right. I think you don't have to go if you have 5,000, you don't have to go you know tiny lists, but you know you should start by trying to figure out how can you split that into three, you know. Does everyone want to know the three things?
0: Yep. Probably. I was exaggerating Probably. a little bit when I said 20. Yeah, no,
1: I know. <laughs> I know, but it's, but the, but the challenge there, right, is that, that folks have, uh, the challenge that they have is they're like, oh, I know I want to, like, segment this, but how do I do it? You right. know? Right. And one of the ways you can do it is you can send out an email to everybody and then see what they engage on. Right? And slowly start building up that knowledge about these people, these individual people, remember, they're people, right? So you can make those changes and and start to kind of segment it down because it is really hard, but it's, it's, again, it's so worth it because by the time you're making progress there, you're allowing me to consume the stuff I want to consume consume, and, uh, you know, we're having conversations. And eventually, hopefully, I'm giving you some money. But we'll see.
0: And of course, another way they can figure it out is they can listen to episode six where I talked about how you figure out how to segment your lists. Man,
1: All
0: right, la- <laughs> last question for you, Tom. When I have you back here in, in say, 12 to 18 months and we're looking back, sure. um, what are we going to be blown away by? What's, what's new, different, exciting that we're going to see in email and email marketing over the next 12 to 18 months? Give us your crystal ball.
1: So, you know, I think it will be I think the biggest change I hope we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll if we'll get there, is I hope we'll see um, users and tools like really working together to understand engagement. right I think I think understanding who's into you, why they're into you, how to get more people into you, and how to not flood inboxes is really hard and uh, and it's so manual right now, and it's just such heavy lifting for everyone. Like, I, I, in 18 months, I sure would hope that the email industry has done a better job helping users to do that heavy lifting. It shouldn't, like, we have pretty smart computers. Uh, this, this shouldn't be that hard, but um, but it is. It just really is. So my hope is that we'll be better at understanding and uh
0: Basing emails on engagement. So we'll see. Tom, thank you so much. Uh, great insights here. Uh, we could probably talk about this for another four or five hours and still only scratch the surface. <laughs> and let's do
1: this again in 18 months.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good, Tom. Take care.